Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the True Life Podcast. Hope everybody's having a beautiful day. Hope the sun is shining, the birds are singing, the wind is at your back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with immense pleasure and heartfelt warmth that we welcome Kelly Addison, a true beacon of kindness and love within the cannabis community. Kelly's passion for cannabis, her open-hearted support for friends, and her unwavering dedication to spreading the benevolence of the cannabis plant are truly remarkable. In her journey, she has worn many hats, from educator and counselor to community builder. Her unique approach, including being a certified Reiki practitioner and applying her healing touch to cannabis plants, speaks to her deep spiritual connection with this remarkable herb. Her ordination as a minister in 2020 and the creation of the Cannabis Church of KGL stand as a testament to her commitment to unity, community, and profound respect for the divine properties of the cannabis plant. Her efforts in advancing cannabis advocacy and her role in pushing for the inclusion of cannabis lounges under the Cannabis Act have earned her recognition on the global stage. Her presence has graced media outlets in Canada, the United States, and even as far as Australian television, demonstrating the widespread impact of her work. And last but not least, Kelly is passionately strive to save our planet through cannabis and hemp. We can't help but admire her sense of humor and her lofty aspirations, including the dream of making a connection with the one and only Jason Momoa. <laughs> this is very old. I was like, where is he going with this? Where did you get that one from? Probably my website, which hasn't been updated in a while. I'm currently married to a much more beautiful man than Jason Momoa, but I did have a little bit of a crush on him many years ago prior to meeting my husband. So, <laughs> Rich, I'm sorry if, if you're hearing this. I don't, I don't want to be with him anymore. <laughs> I am in Hawaii, you know. I'm just throwing that out there, you know. I know I, um... that. <laughs> I know, I know a little bit too much about him, and we'll just move right. off that subject before I go tomato red. <laughs> nice, very nice, Kelly. I'm so stoked you're here today. You know, it's it's such an interesting time to be alive. The world of cannabis and hemp is moving at a at a, an incredible speed. What, like, maybe you can share us a little bit of a background, like where you're at now versus where you were a few years ago. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean. Less than a decade ago, I was working as a teacher, um, shaping young minds um, and using cannabis, I mean, recreationally and not recognizing it for its healing or therapeutic properties at all. Just, be, you know, smoke a joint while you drink alcohol or whatever it was to nowadays when I don't drink alcohol at all. I don't eat meat. I don't put anything processed in my body and I only use cannabis all day long for medicine, wellness, homeostasis, balance, everything. So my entire life has changed uh, since I found cannabis in the, in the way that I have, in the intimate way that I have. 
You know, it's interesting when I hear people talk about the relationship with it. When I was younger, I used to see cannabis in the same way I would, you know, it was always about the name, like, oh, I'm gonna get the White Widow, or I'm gonna get this right. Cannabis Cup winner 95 over sure. here, you know, and but as my relationship grew with it, all of a sudden you realize there's there's this incredible terpene profile and there's all these things that maybe we didn't understand before. Maybe yeah. you can speak to some of the your maturing relationship with it and like what are what are some of the new nuances that you have found with this new relationship? Wow, I mean, I've taken courses from different universities and colleges all over North America to learn about different things from the science of cannabis to interpreting and the different breakdowns of the different compounds. And it is just the most fascinating plan. And I have to say this, I'm not a person that likes math or science or anything like that by nature. So to have to sit in these kinds of courses is just like for the brain, but it's worth it because <laughs> um, learning about it is is just so I can teach about it. I've written two courses with two other very incredible uh, educators, Andre Maharg and Stacey Bobag. I have to always make recognition of them. Um, and when with the two courses that I've written, I wouldn't have been able to write them. I wouldn't be able to speak about it. I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that I have have do it are doing now um, with the education that I had learning about cannabis and and it's fascinating because the education that I've learned is almost obsolete now in in my terms in the in the cannabis educational terms because it's so fast paced and there's so much that we're studying and learning about the plant all the time. I mean, I think there was when I was taking courses there was maybe oh we'd recognize thirty different cannabinoids. I think there's the recognition of almost. 40, 45 now, the last I've heard, I might even be off with that, but we're learning about that and hearing about all of these compounds all the time. So I will say that I love, loved being educated about it. I've loved teaching about it, but I can't keep up with it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's fascinating to me. I, I love the idea of plant medicine and education, especially like there's this, this unique relationship that happens when you take plant medicine. Like you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about relationships, right? about with plant medicine, the yeah. connection, I, I believe in a deep connection to the plant. So the plant allows you to have those relationships in a more, uh, in a deeper way, in a more profound way. I believe that everyone needs cannabis right from birth even. Yes, infants need cannabis, not to be high or intoxicated, not, not at all, maybe even not with a cannabinoid that we've discovered yet. But I believe that humans need these compounds for our endocannabinoid system. So if we're moving on towards later in life and we're recognizing that, then we're going to find that balance and that wellness. And that's how we can speak about it. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to think about on some level, our connection with nature. And it seems for maybe, I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but it seems like we kind of went off in the, on this path of um, maybe the industrial revolution or something like that. But we kind of got away from nature in so many ways, like getting away from the plants and getting away from who we are. Right. Well, I mean, we we got away from nature in almost every way that you can think of. People yeah. are eating meat, people are using pills, people are drinking alcohol, anything that has been changed by the hand of man into whatever it is. I mean, if you have a natural herb that's been made into a pill to be used to cover up some kind of ailment, then you've got one thing to cover up another, and then you've got polypharmacy. I could go off on that. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is, is that if you just kept it natural, if you just went back to the plants and the trees and the nature and Mother Earth, you would find that all of your answers and everything you need is grown here. We don't need to be killing animals. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be changing things into chemicals. We don't need to be doing those things because most of the ailments and most of the diseases that we're finding are deficiencies of the endocannabinoid system. And they're actually man-made things that are happening. We take in toxins from the food that we're eating. We're taking toxins from the environment, from the stress. And then the doctors are giving you pills to cover up those things instead of getting to the root of the problem. What you need to do is get to the root of what the issue is. It's almost always in the mind because our body, yeah. our, our bellies and our mind are connected, our skin's connected to our minds and our hearts. And when we're not aligning that up with nature, with the spirit, with the mind-body-spirit connection, then we're getting sick. We're using all of these horrible things to cover up those sicknesses, even people drinking themselves to sleep at night. I'll just have one, I'll just have two, and I'll just fall asleep as I watch a screen. Go for mm -hmm. a walk with your bare feet outside, take in nature, smoke a great joint, and you will have the best sleep of your life. <laughs> That's great advice. Yeah, it's 
it's interesting how we fill our minds with the ideas and unrealized dreams of ourselves and other people. And, you know, we really, we, we make all these connections, but it seems to me that we're lacking real connection in some ways. You know what I mean by that? Like we're making connections and stuff, but they're not the real tight connections that we need to be healthy. It's not the connections we need to be fulfilled in life. And I think yeah. that cannabis can really help with that. I think it really causes you to just stop for a minute yeah. and ask yourself like, what's important in my life? Have you found that to be similar? It breaks down the barriers too. So, you know, when you're communicating, when you're consuming cannabis together, when usually you're getting into a conversation of something and even the best of, and the, even the, the worst of strangers can become the best of friends. I've heard people say over a joint. And yeah. the thing is, is that, and I'm not always saying that joints are the way that you need to consume cannabis. I always have to stop and say that too, because you can use tincture, or you can use edibles, or you can drink cannabis drinks or any of the different ways that you can use to consume cannabis. But in this sense, let's imagine smoking a joint and let's imagine that it's before COVID because people were still passing around. So you're together and, and most of the time you're, you're together with people that maybe you don't know, or, you know, you're out at a, a social gathering, you're going to become really good friends with them by the time that joint is done and be time, be, be t after the time that you finish consuming it, you're, you're going to become really good friends with them because you've broken down those barriers. You're connecting through cannabis. That's what I call the cannabis spirituality, connecting to others and connecting to the plant. When we consume cannabis, we're able to taste things better. We're able to see things better. We can hear music better. And so why can't we communicate better? And I always say we parent better as well. Mm. I teach a course on how to talk to your kids about cannabis. And I say, go and smoke that joint. If you have a stressful day and you need to get down and play with your children, go consume before you do that. Whatever method you consume, because you're going to interact with your children and you're going to play better. You're going to have that barrier down. So connectivity really happens when you are consuming cannabis. Yeah. I think that in certain heightened states of awareness, we're able to take in more information. And sometimes that could be a surreptitious, a surreptitious smile on someone, or you can see the way that their eye crinkles a little bit, or you can really understand the way that they're, they're listening to you or they're talking to you. And Sometimes we can't do that in just average states of consciousness where we're so busy focusing on probably ourselves and the yeah. things happening in our life and the, com the conversation, right? Screens. We're yeah. focused on screens. Mm. We're focused on the phone in our hand. We're focused on the television screen. We're focused on the computer. And how is that interacting? Even now, you and me, we're, we're hanging out here, but we're not really hanging out, are we? And so, I mean, the thing is, is that when we lose that energy of that inner person energy, we start putting up barriers and we start separating ourselves from humanity. And that's really what's happened in the last couple of years. People are suffering mentally. And the reason why they're suffering mentally is because they're losing connection. I mean, so much has happened in the last couple of years because of the apocalypse, right? We have people that have lost their homes, their lives, their families, their jobs, have a whole world that's turned upside down. And with that, they've isolated themselves or they've become, you know, separated from different places of society. would rather be inside. We know we can't go back out there. Tourism has gone down. Travel has gone down. But you know what's gone up? Screens. StreamYard, <laughs> screens, Zoom, people just connecting over different methods of, of electronics. And so we lose that interpersonal touch. I recently watched a documentary about people that live over 100 years old. They're, I think they're called centurions and all the different various places all over the world where people are living to over 100. And one of the things that they say is the most important is connection, connection to each other, like real deep connection. And whether that's a spouse or a partner, or that's a little community of four or five people that just have each other's back and have that conversation. And so when you think about that, adding cannabis in that, right? And so now you've got that, you, you've allowed yourself that openness to have those conversations and you're not sitting in front of a screen. Yeah, I love it. It's so spiritual to me, like the act of consuming cannabis, especially if you're smoking a joint or something like that. It, it, it harkens back to ceremonies and rites of passage. And what, what do you think is the relationship? When you think about spirituality and cannabis, what do you think about? Well, I mean, I use... I use cannabis to pray. I use cannabis to meditate. I use cannabis when I'm um, 
when I'm practicing yoga. So anything that I do that is spiritual, I do alongside cannabis and I use cannabis for that deeper connection. I have, and I don't know if you'll know what the term greening out, I, I'm, I'm sure that you do. Greening out means overconsumption of cannabis. Mm. It's happened to most people that consume cannabis regularly at some point in time, maybe they're expecting a low dose edible and they mm. have a stronger edible than they were <laughs> expecting or, you know, the bigger toke or the bigger bong hit or whatever it is. And greening out makes your system shake and you feel really cold. And sometimes you feel like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I had to call 911. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Everything's going to happen. And, and your mind just starts reeling and reeling and reeling. And most people don't want that feeling and, they, and you know, they, it, it makes them suffer. I've chosen that feeling to green myself out because I believe that's your true uh, connection to yourself and your true connection to spirit. So, and it, and it's terrible. I, yeah. I don't recommend it. It's, it's awful, the feeling, but if you can get past that, that fear that, you know, that, oh my God, that feeling of, of, you know, unwellness, and you can just really go inside, you can deal with trauma, you can deal with your heart, you can deal with um, spirit connection to whatever it is that you pray to. And so I, I pray to many different overall universal um, bodies. I pray a lot to Krishna. I don't know if you know the, the Hare Krishna mantra. Um, I'm sure you might have heard of the Beatles at some point in time. George Harrison was a very big uh, Krishna conscious uh, practitioner. And so um, that might have been your only connection. And that's the only <laughs> way when I say Hare Krishna, people go, no, I don't really know what that means. But that's the only thing I can think of. They mostly other people think that they're chanting on a corner with like tambourines and it's nothing to do with that. Well, it is, but not really. And so when I think of praying, I think of sending off prayers to Krishna, but I also, you know, talk to Jesus sometimes. He was a really um, big spiritual figure back, I guess, 223 years ago, if you believe the Bible or whatever it is that you follow. So connection, uh, spirituality, and as an ordained minister of, of cannabis spirituality, I, I I connect to the plant mostly. So I use uh, the cannabis plant and, and consuming it to be able to find those openings and to be able to, to speak to that. I read tarot, I practice Reiki and all of those different metaphysical things. And, and that's just, you know, the vessel that I use to be able to do that. I love it. Yeah. I've never, I've never really like, when you talk about greening out, like I know what that is, but I've never heard anyone describe the therapeutic nature in the way that you have, but that makes so much sense. If you can sit with that, if you can mm -hmm. sit with that uncomfortableness, you can really get some work done. You can be like, okay, yes, why definitely. am I thinking like this? What, yeah. Oh my God, I'm freaking out about that. I should be, yep. I should be freaking out about that. You know, like that's really, maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. I think that's really important. The plant gives you what you need at all times if you intentionally use it. So if you sit down and you say, okay, I'm going to consume my cannabis right now. I want to consume my cannabis for meditation. And you take that, you say, I'm consuming my cannabis for meditation right now. The plant is going to give you whatever you need for that meditation. If you say, I'm consuming my cannabis right now because I want my plate of food to taste so good and my movie to be extra funny, and you're going to get that from your cannabis. Intentional use of cannabis is that spiritual connection to it. Mm. So when you're saying, I need answers, I need answers, Mother Cannabis. I need answers, Mother Earth. I need answers. I have questions. I, I have sorrow in my heart. I have pain in my mind, whatever it is that you're feeling. And if you intentionally use cannabis to go deep, and I mean go deep, just yeah. Just overconsume. Take that extra bite. Um, take that extra hit. Whatever it is that you're doing, and just go in there. And yes, you're gonna cry. And yes, you're gonna shake. And yes, you're gonna feel really cold. So make sure you have a nice snuggly blanket or some sort of bath, maybe, or something to make yourself feel good. Don't do it for long. Just go as far deep as you can. But I, 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 I urge you to do it. it. It makes you feel so much more relief. Crying is so good for you. You wouldn't, your eyes would not water if they were not supposed to. You wouldn't be crying if you were not supposed to. So cry if you need to, but make yourself warm and then watch that funny movie later, your favorite one and find whatever goodies that you do because it's, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Yeah, I think it's a, a famous quote from Terrence McKenna where he says, yeah. when he was asked about how much should you take, and his response was always something along the lines of, well, if you take an amount and you don't immediately say to yourself, 
holy cow, I've taken too much. I think I'm going to die. Then you haven't taken enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like you should, you should take yeah. that next shot to yeah. push you over the edge. Cause that is where you can do real work. Like yeah. you want to be scared a little bit. Like that's how you know you're alive. When you're mm. scared of something, you're growing, you're facing yeah. your fears in some ways. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to be brave. And sometimes if you've suffered in a lot of fight or flight, or you have a lot of fear or anxiety, it's really hard to do that. But that's how you get over it. And that's how you get past it. And that's how you keep climbing. And maybe your pain and fear is to make you stronger. And maybe it's also so you can help somebody else. So get some of those answers and figure it out. What is it you're feeling? And why are you feeling that? And get to the bottom of it. I'll tell you something. If we don't get to the bottom of what it is that is taking away our life, mind, body, and spirit, then we're going to suffer with disease manifested in in our body. And it's going to happen later in life. And again, back to polypharmacy, you're going to go to the doctor and say, I ache and I pain or my stomach hurts or whatever it is I'm feeling. And the doctor will give you a pill and that will be okay. And then that pill is going to have a side effect from that pill. And then you're going to need that pill to cover up that pill. And again, polypharmacy, it's happened. I've, I've watched hundreds of, hundreds of people tell me this story that they have lost their lives from polypharmacy. Luckily, most of the time they've come back with using cannabis. And if you can break down your body in the way that it needs to break down with all of the stuff that's going on and then put the cannabis back in, you'll be able to bring, bring your body back into homeostasis. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting you say that. I'm curious, and I think that you have a unique perspective on this. I mean, we've spoken a little bit about how maybe we both use cannabis personally, but what is it like to sort of sit with somebody? Like maybe, maybe I'm maybe you and I sit down together and I kind of green out a little bit and I'm like, Kelly, I gotta tell you this thing. Like, Jesus, my, my dad used to punch me in the face all the time mm. and do these horrible things to my sister. Like, mm. what what is it like? He didn't really do that, but like <laughs> I'm just saying, like in, in a, in a situation, yeah. How is that? How do you use cannabis in that setting? Mm. So are you are you asking what I would say if someone sat down with me like yeah, that or what I would yeah. do if I was with somebody that said that? Let's do both of them. Okay. So if somebody came to me and they talked about childhood trauma, let's use childhood trauma. Okay. So cannabis, cannabis is going to allow you to face that. And sometimes we want to push memories away. And sometimes we want to push that pain away. And a lot of times um, that's what we need to do. Our body sort of, it's dissociation. We shut out different memories. We shut out different painful things that we can't see anymore. And sometimes cannabis will force us to see those things. Be ready for that. Be ready to deal with it, to put it away. And then the next step would be to forgive. So it's not all going to happen right away. So let's just say, for example, we'll use your example. Someone says, I want to deal with a childhood trauma by greening out. I need to, I want to, I want to take something to green out. So we find out what that level is. If you're not an experienced cannabis user, I would just say 50 milligrams to hundred milligrams. That's a lot. That's like a big, 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 big dose for somebody that isn't using it a lot. So let's just say if they were, you know, an occasional user puff on this puff on that 50 milligram edible, I would say, have somebody with you that you love and that loves you and that you feel safe with and make sure you have something warm and just be safe. Sometimes you won't want anybody right there with you. Um, Make sure you're safe. Your space is set really safely. I always recommend candles, blankets, music, whatever's going to make you feel that way. Even if it's um, a stuffed animal from your childhood or a picture of somebody that you love, just set your space up really nicely and make sure they're Make sure somebody's there that you trust. It doesn't have to be in the room, but it should be, you know, somewhere close by in case it gets really bad and you say to yourself, I need to call 911. I do need to call 911. You absolutely don't need to call 911. Lots of 911 operators have actually been coached to say, okay, here's what you need to do instead because they were getting so many calls from people that were thinking that they were literally going to die. I will also pause and say, if you actually do feel that way and you start to get out of control, make that call, like make that judgment call and have your buddy, which your, your toke buddy, um, have that, that conversation with you ahead of time as well. So you're going to go deep and you're going to have that therapeutic moment with yourself. It, it lasts a long time. Um, if it gets too intense, you can end it by having a shower, having 
be supported through that or, or a bath and just really washing that water over you because that's what you're doing. You're washing it all out. You're washing that trauma out. You're washing that pain out. And then you're going to, again, watch something funny. Listen to your favorite music. Pink Floyd is always good when you're <laughs> super high, right? Sure. And, and have some munchies there. Have some comfort foods. Have some whatever it is that's your favorite comfort food because you're going to feel really tired and really raw. You've just let out all of that stuff, all that, that emotion that you've probably kept into your body for for many, many years. And your body's going to feel really tired and your soul is going to feel really tired. So give yourself time to rest and give yourself space to rest. And you're going to need some CBD gummies after that. Some CBD and some CBN, I would recommend, because that's going to help you feel a little bit sleepy. They're non-intoxicating, so they won't give you that psychosis again that's making you feel like you're greening out. They could make you feel a little bit woozy and a little bit sleepy, and that's okay, because you want to sleep now, because you're going to have a wonderful sleep. And just take the next day on. Off, whatever you need to do because you're going to sleep for a very long time it could be up to 12 hours sometimes even 15 so have some water by and a nice fan and some nice warmth and get in there and do that trauma work yeah it's fascinating to me it's interesting too to think about the different stages that we have in our relationship to cannabis there's a one of my favorite movies is like this old dave Chappelle movie and it's I forgot the name of it, but in the movie, there's a scene where like a dad is trying to connect with his son. And like, it's like this scene where like the dad's like, how do I connect with him? And the dad's smoking a joint and then they cut to the next room over and the kid's like, how do I tell my dad about this? And he's smoking a joint. Like on some level, shouldn't there be like a rite of passage where parents talk to their kids about their cannabis use and might oh that be God. therapeutic? So there, there, there should be. And <laughs> Gratefully, now we have more openness yeah. um, with that conversation. So as I shared, I wrote a course, How to Talk to Your Kids About Cannabis with Andrea Maharg. And um, I also wrote a book called The Smelliest Flower in the Garden. And it's a children's book with um, a centralized character named Isaac. He's a little boy and he has epilepsy and he needs cannabis. And um, cannabis is growing in his garden. And there's some mean girl flowers that don't understand why the smelly, ugly, orange haired flowers growing in the same garden as them. But then when they find out that their beloved boy Isaac needs it as his medicine, they end up loving her. <laughs> and it's sort of that children's awesome. connection, right? Yeah. And I was finding when I was starting to teach how to talk to your kids about cannabis uh, five years ago, there wasn't any literature on that because that's such a full <laughs> body. You can't do that. No, yeah. you, you can't talk to kids about it. No, <laughs> not the children. Well, yeah, actually the children need it because I'll tell you, my 15 year old knows all about it. He can tell you anything that's needed for the endocannabinoid system, where it's going, what is happening with it. And I would much rather him know that than what's going on with vodka or beer mm -hmm. or tobacco or vape flavored vape that these kids are, are smoking. I would much rather him choose a plant than alcohol and tobacco any day. I don't know what, what parent wouldn't. Okay. So here's your option. A 2.5 milligram edible gummy. That's going to give them some sort of feeling of intoxication or a case of beer. What, what are you going to choose for that? I know it's, it's so scary. We can't do that. Right. But that's going to give them the, they're going to go do it anyway. If they're going to go to a party and they're feeling that they're going to go and try and experiment intoxication, sit down with them and give them this option. Sit down with them and explain to them that interacting alcohol and cannabis is going to make you super sick because mm -hmm. alcohol is opening up your blood vessels. Sit down and talk to them. Are you are you consuming cannabis? I could I could see your eyes are red. Are you cleaning that bong? No, no, we have to hide it from mom and dad. Well, you know what? If you don't clean that bong, you know how sick you're going to get? Let's have that conversation. Let's have that because you're going to do it. So what are you going to hide it from them? It's the same way. They're going to go have sex too. You're going to tell them not to do that, right? What are we, the 1800s? No, have that conversation, please. Yeah. In some ways, I think it speaks to our our insecurities and yeah. the mistakes that we've made in our life and but not talking about them is not going to solve it right the only way we get better is by hey here's this mistake that happened here's why it happened if you find yourself in a similar situation here's some tools you can use right yep yeah, you can. Well, I mean, you have to be able to have that conversation and, and be open. And so what if parents are not consumers themselves? Mm -hmm. And what if um, they find that their children are consuming cannabis and they don't know how to relate to it? They have to be able to be open with that because the children are going to keep hiding it. 
Or what if you get to a point where your child has something like ADHD or anxiety? What are you going to give them pills from the doctor for that to change the synapses firing in the brain and make them a zombie? You have an option to give them cannabis as medicine. What if your child has epilepsy and they use cannabis medicine to control their seizures and they go to a classroom and there are teachers in the school, let's just say, and they're talking about cannabis and it's so bad. It's the devil's lettuce. And now there's a child in that classroom that feels like they're, oh my God, they're, they do drugs. They're so bad. That's, mm. that's, oh my God, I can't do that medicine. Or, or their mom has cancer. Their mom has breast cancer and she uses cannabis to help with the ailment. And now, oh, mom is so bad for that. Right. So this is the kind of stuff that that's happening. This, this sort of like cannabis is evil. Let's not tell the children about it. Let's mm. not give them that option. And they absolutely need to be able to use it if that's their medicine, if that's their therapy. And and teenagers need to get off these pills that are taking their life away even before it starts and be able to use cannabis for therapies and medicines. But we can't say that, George. We can't say that. Don't say that. No, no. We can't let the kids have it. Yeah. The stigma around some, some of the things that are happening in our world is it's paralyzing. You know, like how does, like, let's say that we probably all know people who have never really built a relationship with cannabis or psychedelics and then their yeah. kid experiments it with for, for the first time. I can understand how someone who doesn't have a relationship with that would be fearful of Terrified. it. Like they've been conditioned their whole life to be afraid of it. Like why Terrified. wouldn't they be afraid of it? What Terrified. are some good things people can do to, to maybe just stop for a minute and be like, okay, I found this, I found these rolling papers. The kid's got all this stuff over here. He's a drug addict. You know, what can someone do in that moment to maybe stop being so judgmental yeah. and start asking questions? Like, is there something, what can people do? Understand the history of prohibition on, mm. in, the, in the world. Understand that cannabis has been found to be used eight thousand years ago in some places all over the world it's been used for religious sacrament it's been used for food it's been used for industry it's been used for textiles it's been used for everything you can imagine for thousands of years and it was only just taken from us the last hundred years literally because of greed and racism and control and pretty much the white man controlling our planet and not wanting anyone else to have the forefront or equality. So that's basically what prohibition is and, and why our plant was taken from us. Had it not been taken from us. Can you imagine what we would have today? What kind of benefits we would have medicinally, educationally, how healthy that humans would be? We wouldn't have endocannabinoid deficiencies. People would have choices and they would have options. So if you look at it from that perspective, if you look at it as this plant really just was taken away because of lies, <laughs> literally lie after lie, and just recognize that it's a plant that was grown here to help us, it wouldn't be here. It wouldn't, I mean, if you smoked broccoli, I'm sure you've smoked mint, I mean, not you, but people, in, somebody smoked everything, right? right. Why sure. is it that cannabis is the only thing that we're smoking that we're getting something from? Because it's here for that reason. It is our medicine. It is grown for us to be able to use. We just have to find whatever recipe it is that our bodies need, that lock and key, right? So if we think of our endocannabinoid system with all these different locks or all these different um, locks, and then you have all of these different cannabinoids and terpenes that are the keys that are you know fitting into that, and you recognize that mom and dad grandma, caregiver, auntie, whoever it is that's looking after these children. And you see, I, we actually need it. It was taken from us for greed and racism. And we need it back to everybody else on the planet. Then maybe you'll just see that it isn't so much a demon or a devil. And it's not so much hurting us. It opens up our mind. It opens up our bodies. And it puts us into the balance that we absolutely need to be in. And your children too. Yeah. The idea of balance is something that you don't really, we don't, I don't know if we take that into consideration enough. And if you look at the diet that we have, the yeah. world that we live in, the stress that we're subjected to, what role does balance play with, what role does cannabis play in balance, do you think? Well, I mean, I'm afraid to tell you, my friend, but if you put <laughs> things into your body that are toxins and making them unwell, then cannabis, you, you can put all the cannabis you want into your body and help that, but you're still not going to find the balance. And what I mean by that is that the meat and the dairy and the 
pesticides and the processed foods and the chemicals and all of the things that are being put into food now, instead of the natural food that we're supposed to be consuming and we're supposed to be eating, then you're taking in toxins that are causing pus and disease and things to just break down in your body. So consider that first. Consider that first. It's removing the toxins. And maybe they are toxins aren't just the the meat and the, the cheese and the milk or whatever it is that you're eating, the white sugars and the white salt. Maybe it isn't just that. Maybe it's the alcohol that you're consuming. Maybe it's the tobacco that you're consuming. Maybe it's the pills you're consuming. And maybe it is the environment that you're consuming because the environment that you're in has all the effects on your body as well. So if you're in a bad job or live in a bad home or in a bad marriage or have some stresses that are targeting your body, you can put all the cannabis and the plants into your body you want, but you're still going to not have that balance and that homeostasis. So in order to have the homeostasis balance that you need, you want to have the cannabis in the right recipe, let's just say that you need for your endocannabinoid system, for your regulatory system. You need that. You need to have no toxins in your body. You need to regulate your stress and your hormones, and you need to have that connection to earth and spirit. And what I mean by spirit, it doesn't even mean that you have to have a religion or you have to pray or anything like that. But what that means is that you have to want to live. You have to Mm. want to be alive and see things and, and, you know, be so excited to wake up every single day. So if you can find that, you find the spirit and you find the proper things that your body needs and you find the wholeness in your mind and in your heart, that's when you're going to find your balance, George. I love it. It's the idea of finding spirit, like finding something to be alive for, finding something to be passionate about. That's such a huge part of our lives. And I feel I know maybe I can only speak to my life, but there were long periods of my life where that part of me died, you know, and it's, it's so sad because when that's due to your relationships and it's, I see it in a lot of people. What are some things we can do? I, I know that cannabis or psychedelics is a great way to blow on that ember and begin to have that flame well up inside of you again. What are some other ways we can call that spirit into us? Yeah, I love that you also mentioned psychedelics because there are a lot of therapeutic benefits yeah. for from mushrooms, fungi, uh, from LSD and from MDMA. So a lot of research is being done right now about that. I don't know as much about it as I do about cannabis, but I will say that I use those therapies as well for um, trauma therapy and balance and microdosing um, certainly helped save my yeah. life many, many times. Um so, but I, to answer your question, um, love, love, George. And, and the reason for that, and, and, and very, very much and very truthfully, is um, the reason why people take their life, suicidal ideology, is the absence of love. Mm-hmm. When you feel unloved here on this earth, when you feel alone and you feel empty, then you no longer feel like living and you no longer feel like being here. So in order to find that spiritual connection, that wellness, that oneness, that balance, you need to find love. And that love comes from yourself first. So, um, you know, you put your hand over your heart chakra and you just feel that and you just you just know who you are. And the only person that's going to love you the way that you need to be loved is you. So you find that love for yourself and then you find that love for others and you give that out and you find that gratitude. Do you wake up in the morning and recognize that you had a pillow? Did you have a pillow last night? Because I had a pillow and I am so grateful that I actually was on a very (laughs) soft pillow last night. There are so many people in the world that don't have a pillow and there are so many people that don't have that love and that can't wake up every day and put their two feet on the ground. My goodness, I can walk today. I could go ride my bike today. Love, gratitude will come when you have that love. And when you start appreciating who it is that you can love and loving others, oh my goodness, you're going to get that love back. So George, (laughs) find your cannabis balance, find your balance in removing the toxins in your environment (laughs) and your body and find that love whatever way you can. I love that. You know, I think it speaks to the idea of like the scarcity mindset. Like for so long, we're so worried about all the things that we don't have. Yeah. But just in hearing you talk a moment ago, like I never thought about, like, yeah, I laid on a pillow last night. Like, you're right. The yeah. pillow is amazing. I'm so right. thankful that I had that. And I had a blanket to stay warm. Are you kidding me? And a roof over my head. Yeah. I got food in my fridge. There you go, Joe. Like, 
you know, it, it's, and on some level, when you begin thinking like that, you realize what matters. Yes. Like, it, who cares if you lose your job? I mean, it matters, but is your family still here? It was not what, supposed what? to be there anyway. If you lose it, it was not supposed to be there anyway. That is your lesson, right? Yes. Find it. It is that supposed to be. Maybe that was supposed to be taken from you because it was hurting from you, hurting you. It was taking from your life. You don't need that. You don't deserve that. There is a job out there for you. And you're going to love that job. And you're going to be so happy to go to work every day. That's what you need to say. Be grateful that you have anything that you have because there are people out there that wish. If you're watching this right now, that means you have some form of intranet. That means that you have some form of technology. I'll tell you that there are people in war-torn countries right now this minute that would give anything for the safety of sitting and watching a podcast about cannabis. I can say that there are people that would wish that they were warm right now. Are you warm right now? And if you're not, find me because I want to help you. There's too many people that are cold right now. All we're thinking about is ourselves and what we don't have. My goodness. If you were able to walk today, I'll share something with you. My mom, her name is Linda. She's on the last days of her life. I shout so much about polypharmacy because it's taken her life from her. I've watched it. And I, she cannot walk very well. She cannot breathe very well. She cannot do the things that she used to do. She was a dancer. And I share this with you because every day that I am able to run up my stairs, every day that I'm able to hike and ride my bike and play with my child and do everything that I can and move my body, I am so grateful for that. And I don't put anything into my body that's going to take away from it anymore because I've watched what happens to humans that do that. So I do not take this body for gratitude. or for, I do not take anything for, for gratefulness at, at, at all anymore because I'm just so lucky for what I have. And I hope you find that too. Yeah. It, I think that life tests us in so many levels and you don't really realize what you have until it's taken away from you. Yeah. And by then it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. I'll share your story with you though, because sometimes it isn't too late. His okay. name is Jack Kungel. He's the okay. prophet of our cannabis spirituality movement. There was a documentary created about Jack Kungle called Jack's Garage. Go look it up right now oh, wow. after this podcast. Yeah, Don't yeah. turn off this podcast. <laughs> go look it up after this podcast immediately because you're going to want to hear about Jack. Jack was told he was going to die. 12 years ago, 13 years ago, he was sent home to die. He was given 90 days to live. He was taking 22 types of medication for diabetes. He had got cancer. He couldn't move his shoulders. He couldn't walk, basically without uh, crutches. Jack is now in his early 70s. He is singing and dancing in a band. People come from all over the world, including the Paul McCartney Agency, to speak to and find Jack because he learned to heal himself with cannabis. But he didn't just do it with cannabis. He's doing it with what I'm saying to you about removing the toxins and the bad environment and all of those things. So when you're given that death sentence and you're given that, uh, it, it, it can never change. I'll never get back from it. That's just one remarkable story. And anytime anyone comes to me and says, Kelly, I, I need help. I, I, I'm, I'm sick. I, I, or I have a parent that's sick. Or I've just had a diagnosis or know somebody is. I, I say immediately, go and watch Jack's Garage. Because when you lose hope, you will not lose hope after this documentary. And it was uh, directed and produced by Kim Soltarski as well. It's interesting that you bring up the idea of hope. Like so much of, so much of our life is based on belief and, and understanding and I guess love too. It, it's almost a disease when people lose hope, right? Do you think so? Well, it does wreak havoc on your body when you do have mental pain and fatigue. Yeah. And when you do lose hope, you lose the will to live. You lose the will to keep going. And that just shuts your body down. Think about a story. I'm sure everyone has heard one of people that have been married for 50 years and the woman dies and then the man dies the next day. I mean, when you have that will to live, you keep going. And sometimes we just, you know, stay for our partner or stay whatever it is. And then you lose that. And so you have to go and be with your partner or whatever it yeah. is. You lose that hope. But I mean, there's no longer reason to keep going. And so then 
you don't keep going. If you want to keep going, imagine that partner, you know, mom died, dad's still here and he has 25 grandchildren and he wants to keep going for them. He's going to keep going for those 25 grandchildren. He won't lose hope. But if you lose hope, then, you know, why are you going to keep going? Yeah, I guess when the game is no longer worth the candle, then the light kind of goes out. Yeah. But the beauty is we can decide. Like we we get to decide what's meaningful in our lives. And I think mm. that this speaks to the relationship with cannabis or psychedelics is that sometimes when you lose hope, what you need to do is redefine what's important to you. And the, the beauty is like there's meaning all around us and we get to decide what that meaning is in our life. I, I'm hopeful that people can... Just take a moment. If you find yourself in a situation where hope is lost, just take a moment. Maybe focus on your breath and understand that there's a lot to live for. And you can always start again. You can yeah. always start again. Yeah. Tomorrow is a new day. Yeah. The sun always, unless you're in the Yukon or Iceland where it doesn't <laughs> rise. <laughs> but the sun almost always rises. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? It always starts. The new day always starts. Yeah. And so you can always start again. If that means that you need to pick up and move to Hawaii and hang out with George and his family or move to Canada up here with me or whatever it is you need to do, do that. Find a way. There's, uh, you know, find a globe and, you know, put your finger on it. And where's my next adventure? There's yeah. 8 billion people in this world. There's billions of them that need help. If that's just what your hope could be, find a way to help. There are people that are struggling. They are living on the sidewalk. They do not have homes anymore. People are sick. They are alone. They are afraid. Give hope to them by helping them. It's just circle. You'll find hope back in yourself. Yeah, I love that. I think it speaks to the idea of relationships and how much we can really do on some level. I, I see where we're at today and it, it seems that a large part of our society ha is, is in transition. I think we're beginning to understand what is important in life for so long. So many of us have thought, okay, I'm going to get up, go to work and I'm going to get myself this place. And then I got to take care of my kid. Like we get so caught up in the day to day things about who we are, our status, what we want out of life that we forget what's really meaningful. And when you forget what's meaningful, life kind of has a way of, of kicking you in the butt sometimes. What do you think, do you feel as if we're in a transit? Maybe it's my age, maybe because I'm almost 50. I'm starting to think about these different parts of life or something like that. But do you see where we are right now in today's world as in a transitional period? Yeah, zeitgeist is, um, uh, Gregory Fullerton is working in this cannabis space and you might know him, you might connect and he's connected to a lot of us out here. And I was on a call with him recently. He's in Greece and he said zeitgeist and he explained that that's the, the feeling of the times, the energy mm. of the times. And that zeitgeist feeling right now is, is certainly that one of transition. Yeah. And if you're a light worker, you're feeling activated. A lot of people that are on this mission, this cannabis mission, this spirituality mission, the mission to change, the mission to connect, they're feeling that activation. And I don't know if you're familiar with the matrix, but I, I say it like this. It's that activation to leave the matrix. We have been stuck in this way of thinking for thousands of years. We're stuck with the Gregorian calendar. We're stuck with the Pisces, the misogynistic um, white man run, led, taking ownership, Anglo-Saxon deciding of colonization and capitalism. And what that's done is that's lost our connection with the planet and mother earth and humanity and now our planet is burning like your mm -hmm. poor island was on fire this yeah. summer george our country up here in canada is on fire and never was on fire before the polar bears are so super skinny like <laughs> what's going on you guys and know what's going on and that means that our mother earth is burning and we're allowing that to happen humans are allowing that to happen and it's it's toxic and it's, it makes us vulnerable and it makes us unstable. And so when that happens, we look for war. Mm. So we've been punished in the last little while in ways you've got to stay inside. You've got to wear masks. You've got to take shots. You've got to do what we're doing in our controlled, colonizing mm. way. And what's happened is humans are saying, no, we're not doing that anymore. We want something different. And along the way, all these little lights are going on of activated light workers that are shining lights on the shadows of the world. And at that same time, 
revolt is happening and radicals are happening. And that's making the energy, the zeitgeist, one of, of anger and war and passion. And it is a transition. It happens every 20 years that there's some kind of transition of this. And it happens every sort of century on the 120th time. It's something that we're going to see for a good period of time right now. But what needs to happen is the Aquarius balance. So we're transitioning from Pisces to Aquarius. And that's mama. That's, that's the female-led, the yin. Um, the nature driven. I will tell you something that our mother earth will not stand for this much longer. The great, great white bear standing. She is a, an indigenous elder that I follow. She told me, she shared with me, our mother earth will take back the earth when she needs to. That means when she is done with humans wreaking <laughs> havoc on her, she will just do what needs to happen to bring back that balance. So if we don't stop this, you guys, if humans don't stop this, then we're going to end up just losing whatever it is we have and all of this foot in it will start again like it has many times in the thousands of years that has happened with humans being on our planet. So let's find that connection to spirit. Let's find that nature connection and let's get back the planet during this transition and let's let the, the woman, the yin dominance rule, because we got to get over what has happened with this masculine colonization. People can't be owned anymore, you guys. We can't be owned in the matrix and being told the stake is so good. You got to get out of that. We're not cogs in a wheel. We don't need to follow the queen bee. We need to break free right now. I'm curious. How do you, do you see like humankind as like one and the earth together in a symbiotic relationship as like one super organism? Mm, that's a very good question. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I see that. I see that there's too much shadow revolting against that. And that's mm. causing a, a, a misshift. That's what's causing the imbalance to happen in the world. So we're supposed to be one. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be peace. We're supposed to be working together. We're not supposed to be fighting each other. We're not supposed to be dividing by religion. We're not supposed to be divided by hate. We're supposed to be working together as love. We are one. We are all energy. We're supposed to be, but it's not working out that way so much anymore, George. Yeah. Do you think that you think that we'll, we'll come to a point? Like I, I like the way in which you, brought up the idea that the earth will reclaim everything. You know, I, yeah. there's this, there's this term or this, I don't think term is the right word, but there is this thing that I keep seeing. And it's this idea of rewilding, you know, the same way there's this idea of nature reclaiming some of the, the landscapes that have been filled by concrete, or it's this idea to kind of pull down some of the dams in some ways. Like, it's the rewilding. It's Earth reclaiming back the world. I do. You, I see that happening in people too. Like I sense. I, I I sense this form of rewilding in the individual. Yeah. Do you sense that as well? Yeah. We're, we 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 don't want to be told we have to be in a box yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's not, there's no more boxes. I mean, some people like their boxes. Like some people like the stake in the matrix and that's sure. okay. And if that's where you want to stay, then that's okay. That's safe for you. But some of us need to break free of that. Most of us need to understand that you have another choice. You do not need to take the pills. You do not need to listen to what's been told of you. This is Wednesday. Yes, we are told this is Wednesday because people that came before us told us this was Wednesday. Wednesday. And this is what you have to do. You wake up in the morning, you go to work, you marry someone, you have some children, you, you know, live a little bit, vacation in Cuba once a year, and then you die. Like, why are we being told that this is the way that we're supposed to be? Do you know where I've learned this from? My 15-year-old. My 15-year-old taught me this. As strange as this is, it's almost like he woke up conscious and he said to me, why do we need to keep listening to the way that the school tells us what we're supposed to learn? Why is this math class important, but I'm not learning how to grow vegetables and I'm not learning financial responsibility for my future? And he's being told that he has to read Lord of the Flies like every grade 10 mm. student out there because that's the box that he's in. So he says, why are we not revolting against this? Why are we being told that we have to stay in this box and be complacent and compliant on what those that came before us told us? And my response to him was, 
wow, okay, <laughs> do you want to go to school anymore, buddy? But he's an honor roll kid. Like, he, you yeah. know, he gets the marks that come easy to him and he's thought provoking and he sits yeah. there and he thinks about it and he tells me, this is what it is. This is how we've had to live on our earth. This is what we've been told to learn. They took cannabis away from us and now we're being told that you have to learn algebra in grade nine and 10. Okay, we need to have that conversation. Let's open that up and see where we can go from here because if we don't, those polar bears are getting skinnier and cannabis is not being allowed to use for ADHD medication. It's the pills and people are dying and it's the largest human genocide that our planet has ever seen cannabis prohibition. So if we don't fix that, George, and we don't fix all of these other broken things, then yeah, I think mother earth is coming back to reclaim what she's been, what's been taken from her. Yeah. And I think she, one of the ways in which she claims back the earth is through the minds of the young and the rebellion that tends to happen. Like, you know, first off, I'm, I'm proud of your son for having those kind of questions. Like that is indeed the mindset a young man should have. He should be challenging authority. Like who are these people to tell me that? Why, why he should be like the idea of why is such a powerful question. And the idea of rebellion is even a more powerful question. Like why don't we rebel? And it's, because we've we've been comfortable and now we're no longer comfortable and for good reason the people we love are dying for no reason except for greed and selfishness on some level and we're probably part of that on some level so sure. it's 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 such an impressive time to be alive and it's such a wonderful time to be alive and it needs to be held with responsibility and conviction and it's exciting what a beautiful time to be alive yeah. We've got a beautiful future ahead of us if we can just right all the wrongs. And it's happening. Cancel culture is yeah. really prevalent right now. And people are in the streets and social media is helping with that. And so more voices are being heard and more rights are being wrong. We need to really have conversations about so yeah. social equity all of the time. And we need to be figuring out where we're going here as, as humans. And what is our purpose? There's 8 billion of us here. Where are we going, people? Let's figure that out. Let's have those hard conversations. Stop being afraid. And you know what? If the ones that want to be afraid, stay afraid, that's okay. But there are people that need to come forward and they need to just sort of balance that out. And you know what? If the people that are still sleeping, we just, we just feed it to them nicely. We just, you yeah. know, take away their white sugar, let's just say. Yeah. Or maybe we banish nicotine from the planet or maybe everybody just has to recycle and we just start, you know, taking things away bit by bit. And so everybody will just learn that we can no longer go on like this. You no longer have to work 50 or 60 hours a week just to make the ends meet. Why is that happening? Why are people suffering like that? Why are people working themselves to the bone in factories just so that they can put food on the table for their children? No, no, something has to be done. Yeah, I think so too. I, no. I'm hopeful that there's a, and I think it's happening. I think you can see it around. And the idea that we change the way we live by changing who we are and making subtle changes in our lives can have radical changes throughout the globe. And it's a wonderful, it's wonderful. And I think a lot of that stems from your relationship with either cannabis or your breath work or whatever way in which you choose to find a heightened state of awareness and become cognitive of all these things happening around us. Relationships there. I, I really love this conversation, Kelly, and I'm so thankful to get to spend some time with you and get to learn some of the ways in which you think and some of your ideas. Before I let you go, though, where can people find you? What do you have coming up and what are you excited about? Oh my goodness. Well, we do a lot of really great shows on KGL TV. So that's our cannabis media brand. You can find me, Reverend Kelly Addison, um, anywhere on social media, LinkedIn, all of those places. And we're called the KGL Network. That's our umbrella. But we're mostly known as Kelly's Green Lounge. That was the cannabis lounge that I opened up here in Canada about four years ago, um, just one year after cannabis uh, became legal in our country. So that's the brand that people know us as. They have t-shirts and mugs and stuff that say Kelly's Greenland, but our network is the KGL network and I'm Reverend Kelly Addison. Well, I'm so thankful for your time to hang on briefly. I would like to speak to you for a few moments afterwards, but ladies and gentlemen, go down to the show notes, check out KGL, reach out to the Reverend Kelly Addison. And I hope all of you have a beautiful day. I hope all of you get to have a little bit of time of reflection and, and are able to do some things in your life that are right for you and make sure that you tell the ones you love that you love them. And that's all we got for today, ladies and gentlemen. Aloha. 
Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision and I hope you all conquer it and I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better, your life will be better and you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.